coming up. But I do want everybody to pay attention and, and be safe around there. You know, I know a lot of people, we all go around there and we're out late, but now it's, you know, it's different. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Before we get to today's story in The Daily Crime, I wanted to welcome my co-host on The Daily Crime, Reed Redman. We have a new show to tell our listeners about. We cover a lot of serious crimes and cases on The Daily Crime, as our listeners will know. Our new show, Strangeville, launching today, uh, wherever you get podcasts, is a bit more on the lighter side, you could say, right, Reed? It's definitely on the stranger side. Yeah, we've both been hard at work on on Strangeville for months, I, I think. I, I hope that uh, if you enjoy The Daily Crime, you'll, you'll enjoy Strangeville. And, you know, some of the stories that we're looking at in this first season, I, I still can't believe they're real. The, the episode we're putting out today starts with a tiger on the loose, and then it like somehow only gets more and more bizarre from there. Uh, I know we don't want to give you know the whole season away, but but Will, is there maybe one or two other episodes you want to mention? Yeah, you know, I said they're on the lighter side. Not there's some dark stuff going on here too, but uh, I think the common thread you'll find across our episodes on Strangeville is is strange. Uh, I cover a story about a guy in Colorado who's trying to move into his home and uh, basically can't move into his home. There's a, a lot to this story. I don't want to give it all away, but. Uh, it has to do with someone else who is basically, quote unquote, squatting. So yeah, that we've got a lot to uh, to share with our listeners in coming weeks. Yeah, and we should probably mention the host. Who's hosting this thing, Will? Thank you, Reed. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm hosting Strangeville, and uh, we hope all of you will uh, take the opportunity to check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe today. We have the, the trailer up and the first episode, actually, as, as Reed mentioned. So check it out uh, whenever you can. And I'll, uh, I'll get out of here and let you do the rest of this episode. All right. Thank you, Reed. We'll get back to more serious topics now with The Daily Crime. It was in late July, just a few weeks ago, that a 40-year-old woman and her dog were both found stabbed to death in Piedmont Park in Atlanta, Georgia. This case has gotten a lot of attention, not just in Atlanta and Georgia, but around the country. I'm joined by Caitlin Ross from 11 Alive in Atlanta, Georgia. Caitlin, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Caitlin, this has been just such a shocking case because of the details. I think, you know, you hear about uh, this this woman walking in the park at night, and then we'll get into the details of what, what we know, uh, but her, her partner finding her and, and then her dog stabbed as well. In general, just what has this been like as you've sort of been covering it over the last few weeks in Atlanta? It's been horrifying. This case is beyond what you could even imagine. The details are heartbreaking, and to think of her partner finding her is so horrifying. And the even more alarming part is what we know from police is they don't have a suspect. They don't know who did this. They don't know where that person is. They don't know if this person has struck again. And because of that, there's been a lot of speculation online. I think when people are scared, they reach for answers, and people have really been trying to reach for answers to find out who did this, why this happened, how someone could do this. So it's been horrifying here in Atlanta covering this case. The victim's name is Katie Janess, and she, my understanding, has lived in the area of Piedmont Park. Can you talk to us about what happened that night, and was this a, a regular walk that she would take with her dog? 
Yes, she walked frequently with her dog. Both she and her wife, Emma, worked in midtown Atlanta as bartenders. So they were frequently out in that area. A lot of people in that area knew them, loved them, were used to seeing them when they were out and about. And she went to go visit her wife, Emma, at work. They used their dog, Bowie, to walk back and forth with them. Bowie's a sweet-looking dog that they adopted from a well-known rescue around here. And she would take a couple different routes. So it's not like this was a particular route that she took every day, but she was used to walking in that area with her dog in the evening. And on that evening of July 28th, what do we know about her last movements, where she was? And there's actually some very chilling surveillance footage involved, right? That is the perfect word for it. It is chilling. The last image that we have of Katie Janess is her walking across the rainbow sidewalk in Midtown Atlanta, which is a really well-known landmark. And it's just this freeze frame of she and her dog, Bowie. And that's the last time anyone saw her alive. She had just visited Emma, and she was walking back to their home through the park with Bowie. So that was the last time that neighbors saw her. And the question about that, though, is so many people in this area have security cameras. This is a really well-known park that is known for being safe. And I think the general consensus was there were a lot of security cameras that were in the park. Since then, we found out from our reporting that the majority of those cameras were not working. And from what we understand or what's been released publicly, there aren't any other images of Katie captured on security camera from people's homes as she walked by either. Yeah, that really is is odd. And uh, you mentioned the park itself as being relatively safe. I mean, I've spent time in Atlanta. If you're not familiar with the city, Piedmont Park is is a beautiful, very large park, sort of right in the middle of the city. Uh, so, you know, you're in a big city, there is crime, terrible things happen, but uh, Piedmont Park, as you say, uh, not known for anything like this, right? Exactly. The mayor, when she first came out and spoke about this, said there had not been a murder in Piedmont Park in years and years and years and years and years. And Atlanta certainly has a lot of crime. There's a lot of gun violence that we report on a lot, but we don't report on a lot of fatal stabbings and certainly not to the degree of this because of the particular community that is in surrounds the Piedmont pro- property, um, there have been questions of is this a hate crime, and it is really too early to answer those calls. But we certainly all, every law enforcement agency up here, are hearing those kind of calls, and we hear the fear in a community that is usually safe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but police came out, Atlanta police came out pretty quickly, I believe, and brought in the FBI. Is that right? They did almost immediately. I think within 48 hours of her being found, we were reporting that they brought in the FBI. So we asked them about that because I think that did bring up a lot of theories that people were speculating about on social media. Was this a serial killer? Was this a hate crime? Kind of the things that you hear the FBI investigating a lot. And the police chief set the record straight and he just said, look, the FBI has a lot of resources. And based on the damage done to Katie and how horrific this crime was, we wanted to use every resource at our disposal. So they were really grateful that the FBI agreed to take part in this investigation so early. It was my decision to call upon the FBI uh, after having conversations with Chief Hampton on what we had in the park. Uh, I called upon the FBI, one, because they are a strong partner that provides a, a level of resources that we just don't have. 
and I did so based on the information that he provided. As Demir stated, this homicide, this murder was outside the norm of what we would typically see. The uh, mayor stated that many of our homicides that we have in the city of Atlanta was acquaintance, but this was so unique uh, that I felt that we needed to collaborate with as many resources as we possibly can, uh, and therefore I asked uh, Chief to get in touch with the FBI immediately. I tried to feel for a pulse, but it was it was clear that uh, she was already gone, and I. And I, I turned around and I just ran out of the park because I, it was dark and I didn't know what was going on. I was terrified and, and shocked. I'm not sure if you spoke directly with her, her wife, Emma Clark, but uh, the station I know has. Can you talk a little bit about what she has said about that night? And and I, I'm, I understand she's actually left town because it's just been so traumatic. She has. She just said there was no way she could stay in this area. She and her wife were all over Midtown Atlanta. They were really popular bartenders in the area. They knew everybody. And she said, there's not a place in Midtown that I could go that wouldn't remind me of Katie. So I have not spoken to her directly, but a couple of my coworkers have. And they just describe her as in absolute shock. She can't wrap her mind around what happened. She can't wrap her mind around the circumstances that Katie was found in. And Katie was just a wonderful person. Everybody that we've talked to about her said she was so intelligent. She was caring. She was funny. She loved music. And the fact that Emma found her in the position she was found in is just, she she can't wrap her mind around it. She's in shock. Caitlin, what do we know about uh, her family, other family members? Does she have other family in Atlanta or elsewhere? We don't know too much. We know that they are out of state, and Emma talked a little bit about Katie's mom and said that she similarly is just as in shock and cannot believe that this happened to her daughter, but we haven't talked to her other family members. We've touched on the fact that people in the area are just uh, equally shocked. I think anyone who hears about this is. Uh, but if you live around there, it's it's scary, uh, and, and with no one being named yet or investigators talking about a suspect or leads or anything like that. What is the current sort of mood and response from the community? There's a huge response from the community. There is a huge memorial to Katie right at the entrance of Piedmont Park. And on that memorial, people have actually taken huge poster boards and started writing down questions that they don't feel like they're getting the answers to. Why weren't the cameras working? What happened? We want answers. And so this is all people in Midtown are really talking about to the point where I think police are being forced to respond more often than they would in a normal crime because there's been such a huge outcry and demand for information in this. Just last week, I attended a news conference where the district attorney said, I want the people of Atlanta to know that we are throwing all of our resources at this. We are investigating this. We're paying close attention to this. And she also offered a really strong warning. She said, I don't want anybody walking in Piedmont Park by themselves right now. Until we've caught the person responsible, she said it's not safe. Willis says they don't have any leads or suspects to share, but they're urging people to keep safety in mind when they visit Piedmont Park. Don't head out there by yourself, especially at nighttime. 
Developing now, Atlanta City Council is considering adding police patrols and updating the camera network at Piedmont Park. This comes as the search continues for the person who killed Katie Jonas and her dog Bowie as they walked in the park last week. Authorities have warned no one should walk in the park alone after dark. There is a $20,000 reward up for grabs for any information leading to an arrest and indictment of whoever killed Katie Jonas. I've seen some other reporting also on on just rumors getting started, and, and certainly in a situation like this, people are going to be talking. Social media is going to be lighting up uh, with with a lot of conversation and and information that might not be correct. Exactly, and it's been really frustrating both for police and for the family because they just feel like this is hurting the investigation. Um, they said in a case like this need all of the advantages that they can get, and having misinformation out there just makes it so much more difficult for them. There was a post that was shared close to a million times saying that there was a serial killer in Atlanta and that Katie was only the last known victim, and there were other victims that were killed the same way. They pointed to an 18-year-old girl who was also found the same night as Katie Janess, who was killed in a different county. And police have just really pushed back forcefully on this and said this is not true. These cases are not linked, and you really are hurting the investigation by assuming a connection when there is none. We have to make sure that the information that is going out to the public is factual. I think that quite often what we are now hearing is a lot of sensationalism and misinformation as it relates to what we're seeing. And it is really causing us more problem, especially with the community that we serve. We have to maintain a level of integrity as it relates to this case. It is important to us that we resolve this and not be distracted by misinformation. They've really come back hard against this, saying if there was a serial killer, we would tell you about it, and if there was more information we could release, we would. But so far, the details that we have are pretty sparse. We know that Katie's body was mutilated. Uh, the extent of that has been widely speculated on but not confirmed. But we do know, again, it was horrifying enough for Atlanta police to say, look, we need to bring the FBI in here. Anything else on the investigation that you have heard uh, through from police or otherwise at this point? Yeah, you know, that's a great question just because there isn't a lot of other information out there. I have a lot of really good police sources who often are not shy about giving me information about cases as they're breaking. And in this case, it's just nothing. I mean, no one is talking right now. And I think that that certainly points to how seriously they're taking this investigation and I think how scared people are, how much they want to find the person responsible for doing this. So still a lot of questions here, a very scary unsolved case in Atlanta. All right, Caitlin Ross, thank you again for being on the show with us and we appreciate your time and we'll keep an eye on this case and and be in touch if there are developments. We hope there are. Uh, We will. I hope so too. I hope we'll be reporting on arrests soon. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, Will Johnson.